for as long as I can remember. I have had a passion for helping others live into their potential. My goal is to share some practical knowledge from the world of performance psychology and wisdom from my own experiences to bring personal growth to you right where you are. Come on in. I'm Kayla, the coach next door. Hello everyone, it's Kayla, the coach next door, and we are continuing this week with our series on stress management. And uh, so far we've talked a little bit about the science behind stress, what happens physiologically with our bodies when we're stressed. And uh, last week we talked about how we can um, decrease our demands when it comes to stress. The definition that we're using of stress is that your perception is that your demands outweigh your resources. So that's why we, we started off dissecting that definition by talking about how we might be able to decrease our demands. This week, we're going to talk about the resources component. What we mean by resources is really the things, which could be tangible things in place, or it could even be conceptual things like time that we have in place in order to help with our demand load. And so that can look like a lot of different things depending on what it is that is your stressor. However, I'm going to go over three tips of what might help kind of broadly with stress in your life with some of the things I've seen most frequently. All right, the first of our three tips for helping increase your resources is to actually physically increase your resources. What I mean by that is to delegate some of your responsibility to somebody else or more generally to ask for help. So we're quite actually acquiring more resources in the tangibility of someone helping you with whatever the demand is. Delegating is a little bit easier, I think, especially since we mostly think of that in terms of like a workplace environment. So uh, actually, let's talk about delegating a little bit first. With delegating, really, it's critical to know what your limits are, not just from a time resource perspective, but also maybe from a skill perspective. So things that are not in your wheelhouse necessarily are going to seem more stressful because it's just not something that you feel very confident doing, or maybe you just know that there are someone else on your team who has a better skill set in order to accomplish that demand that is being placed on you. And that's where delegation can really come into effect and be very successful because we all have to be humble enough in order to understand that not every demand that's placed on us might be something that we are inherently going to be successful. But the great news is that there probably is somebody on your team who has the skill set to help you out with it. So that's where delegation comes into play. Now, as for just asking for help in general, 
This can be really challenging. I think that there is a lot of perception about asking for help as being a weak thing. Uh, it's probably in some situations perceived as admitting failure. So really the first step is overcoming any of those limiting beliefs about what asking for help really means. One of the things that has helped me the most with putting asking for help into perspective is hearing about how much help the people that we look up to and admire in social media as far as people on TV and in movies and public figures in whatever you know capacity, they have an entire team of people that are there to help them out with their day-to-day activities. They have nannies, they have cooks, they have housekeeping staff, they have assistants, and that's why they're able to do the things that they're able to do because they're not worried about taking care of a household or taking care of their kids because they have gone to the lengths of asking for help in order to get everything done. And I think especially now with our increased social media consumption, there's this perception that, you know, you can have it all and you can be, you know, a successful business person and run a business empire and still have kids and still, you know, you know, do all of the things that you're wanting to do to live a healthy lifestyle. And the perception is that they're doing that all by themselves. And realistically, like the truth of the matter is, they're doing that with the help of others. And so I don't know why when I heard that perspective, um, it, it helped me with reframing my expectations for myself. It also comes back to some of the other principles we've already talked about, like your values. So I really value being able to spend time. Quality time is one of my, is my top love language. So being able to spend quality time with my husband is going to be a priority for me. So, you know, in your value set, if spending time with family is a value, it might be worth asking for help around the house. It might be worth hiring someone to help with cleaning or help with yard work or whatever that might look like. Um, and, you know, that doesn't always necessarily need to look like a luxury item. I, the example that I always like to think of, I don't have kids myself yet, but I do think that childcare can be such a burden to parents sometimes, not a burden as in, you know, they don't want to be around their kids, but in order to carve out time for themselves or carve out time as a couple, they feel like they can't ask for help with watching their kids in order to create the time to spend on the things that they value as a couple. And I think that there should be no shame in asking for help, asking for a family member to come help watch your kid. I've heard of couples who swap off, you know, I'll watch, well, you know, one couple will watch all the kids one evening and then they'll swap and the other couple will watch all the kids one evening so that each couple gets a chance to go out. And then that way you're not hiring someone, you're not spending any money. And that to me sounds like a great way to ask for help. My final little thought on this tip is that 
I think some of the barrier behind why people don't ask for help is because they don't want to come across as needy or um, greedy even. And so my tip within the tip is just to really be honest and genuine when you're asking for help. You know, I think people want to be helpful. And I think that even sometimes people will be hurt if you're not asking for help. I love knowing that I can help someone out in some way. And I think most people feel that same way. So it's very important to overcome that limiting belief of feeling like you're going to be weak or seen as not being capable if you ask for help in order to really help increase your resources to help with conquering the demands that you have. On to tip number two. So it's so funny whenever I talk about stress management, because it's one of my favorite topics, one of the things that always comes up is I don't have enough time. And in my mind, stress management is one and the same as time management. And so while there are a set number of hours in the day, days in the week, we can't create more time necessarily. There is a way that we can recognize and restructure our use of time in order to help with increasing that resource of time in our lives when we're dealing with something stressful. So one of my favorite things to do when we're talking about time management is to have a really thorough look at how you're spending your time. The best way that I've found to do this is pen and paper in a calendar, writing out Monday through Sunday, start with, um, you know, 5 a.m., go all the way to 10 p.m., whatever your day kind of looks like, break it down in half hour increments and fill out over the course of a week. What did I do from, you know, 5 a.m., to 5.30, from 5.30 to 6, from 6 to 6.30. One of the first things that I typically find clients will notice when I have them do this exercise is that they did not have a good understanding of how they were spending their time. It's really easy in the world that we live in of smartphones and television to start binge watching a show when you get home at 5.30 and watch that same show all the way through till you fall asleep at 10. I know because I myself am guilty of that. So it's also really easy. Get on your phone, start scrolling. Before you know it, you've been on your phone looking at Facebook for a half an hour. Like, where does that time go? That's crazy. Not to say that we shouldn't occasionally have the opportunity to turn our brains off and do mindless activities like that. But It's really critical when you're trying to get a a handle on your time and start taking back control of your time with some time management techniques to understand what it is that you're spending your time on. The other component of this exercise that I found very powerful with clients of mine is that they start to see where they can consolidate or restructure their time. So visually, it's very important to see the actual time blocks of where certain tasks are taking place, especially with clients who are trying to increase the amount of physical activity that they're getting 
they're saying, typically, I don't have the time. But once they start plotting out their schedule in this time grid, they're able to see, oh, well, maybe between this block of time where I'm at work and this block of time when I'm at home, I can do this physical activity in this location that's between those two places. I'm already driving by this gym or by this trail that I could walk. So you start to see physically where you're spending your time a little bit better. Also, uh, having that outline can show you, do I need to stay up until 10 o'clock? Would it maybe be better for me to go to bed a little earlier, wake up a little earlier than I'd have time in my schedule? Normally I wake up at seven and I know that I need to be at work by 8.30. So that doesn't really give me a whole lot of time in the morning. But maybe if I wake up at six and I go to the gym on my way to work, maybe I could make that work and I could still get just as much sleep if I go to bed earlier and I cut out a half hour of watching TV or whatever that looks like. Really taking a honest look at how you're spending your time and then it always comes back to your values are you spending your time doing things that align with what you value and that's really what it comes down to when you're trying to assess your time management a lot of the dissatisfaction we get and a lot of the stress that we feel when it comes to a lack of the resource of time is that we're really not allocating our time towards things that we value. It's not that we don't have enough time in the day. It's that the time that we do have, we're allocating to things that we either don't care about or that don't drive us towards our goals. And so really taking a hard look at what are some things I might be able to eliminate from my schedule? Where can I plug in things that fill me up and make me feel like I'm accomplishing something that's important to me? Those are going to be two critical components to taking a look. And finally, the last tip for increasing resources when dealing with stress management is to shift your focus on what you have versus what you do not have. So I think that especially depending on where you're at with your stress management journey, if you're really in the thick of it and your perception is just crap and you really think that you have all of these demands and you do not have any resources, that's going to be the perception that you continue to perpetuate. You're going to continue to see the things you don't have as resources versus the things you do have as resources, which can be really discouraging and further the stress that you're experiencing. One of the best ways that I know to shift your focus to what you do have is to practice gratitude. Guys, this is all coming full circle. So we really laid the foundation with talking about why it's important to have values when we were talking about motivation. Now we're going to hit it home with gratitude as a solution for recognizing the resources you do have and just simply starting to think about things from a grateful perspective is going to give you some optimism. It's going to encourage you to maybe think outside the box and get creative with some resources. You never know 
what you might be able to identify as a resource that you didn't have before if you just spend a few minutes thinking about what you're grateful for. So to wrap it up with our conversation on increasing resources, the three main tips that we reviewed today One was to actually acquire more resources by delegating or asking for help. Two was to recognize and restructure your time. And three is to shift your focus from what you don't have to what you do have. I hope that was helpful. As always, please feel free to share this episode I'm really looking forward to continuing this stress management series with you guys over the next couple weeks and can't wait to hear some feedback on how it might be helping in your real lives. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Kayla, the coach next door.